Welcome to 908 ENT, the podcast. I'm your host, Sal Liberato. We're here to help you take another step towards success. Now let's get ready to learn the basics from the best. What's going on, everyone? Thank you for tuning back into another episode. This week, our special guest is Pat Natal. Pat, thank you for coming on today. Uh, thanks, Sal. It's, it's good to see you and uh, appreciate you inviting me to be on. You got it. So Pat is the managing director at Morgan Stanley, which is a global financial services company that advises, originates, trades, and manages capital for government institutions and individuals. He also has been at the firm for over 30 years. He's currently the head of equities for wealth management. But, you know, this is all public info. Anybody can Google you. Um, What would you really like our listeners to know about you? Well, listen, uh, you know, I... um Born and bred in New Jersey, grew up in Summit. Uh, we went to the same high school, you and I, Sal. I'm a couple years uh, <laughs> older than, than you are. Um, I, uh, I currently live in Madison with my wife of over 20 years. I've got two teenage sons and a five-year-old dog. And, um, you know, I, I love to coach and mentor. And you know, maybe some of that will come out, you know, during the course of our conversation um, today. I've coached youth football in Summit. I've coached high school football at you know, Mountain Lakes High School, where a good buddy of mine is the uh, is the head coach. Um, and so I just and then I try and coach uh, the folks on my on my team. So uh, coaching, mentoring are are things that are really important to me. Yeah, that's awesome. So just to get started off, I always like to ask everybody, what are the three simplest things that lead to success? Um, the three simplest things, Sal, I mean, I, I like to talk and you'll hear this throughout, like I'll, I'll use some, um, you know, some acronyms on things. Mm-hmm. And I'd say, I'll call them the three C's uh, in here right now. Uh, the first one being, you know, consistent attitude and effort. Um, I, ha- I have this saying, I, I didn't invent it, but I have this saying called win the day. Um, and I think, you know, it, it, it means about, you know, focusing on the here and now and what, you know, what you're trying to do. But, you know, I think success really comes from, you know, persistent, dedicated, you know, work towards, you know, towards one's goals. You know, the second C is what I'll call continuous learning. Uh, I think having a growth mindset is critical. And, and I've listened to some of your past shows, Sal, and I think, uh, you've had some great guests on, and I feel like that's been a message that's come across from some of the others as well. The world is changing, technology is changing, people are changing, and you know I think you have to change as well. So embracing new knowledge or new skills, you know, to help you adapt um, and stay ahead is is really important. And then the last C I'd call effective communication. Um, my boss likes to talk about you know dynamic communication, the ability to sort of shift how you talk to, to different types of people. But I saw a stat recently that said, um, you know, 70% of company errors are a result of, of poor communication. So, you know, having the ability to get across your ideas in a, you know, succinct and efficient manner, uh, I think are, are keys to one's, um, are keys to one's success. Yeah, definitely. The consistency definitely is big though. I feel like a lot of people do preach that as well. Yeah, along with yeah. the growth mindset, like you said. So can you share a moment or experience that inspired you to pursue your career? Yeah. I mean, I don't think anyone wakes up in the morning and says <laughs> they want to they be the head of equities for you know, Morgan Stanley Wealth Management. Uh, you know, I think, you know, maybe I wanted to, uh, you know, play center field for the Yankees, but sadly, yeah, I, I wasn't, wasn't a very good baseball player. You know, but, but growing up in Summit, as I had mentioned before, you know, I went to school with a number of, of folks whose, whose parents you know, worked on Wall Street, 
mine didn't, you know, my, my family owns a bakery. Um, unfortunately, I'm, I'm not much of a cook. I, I tend to burn a lot of things. So they steered me away from, you know, the bakery, the bakery business. Um, the 1987 stock market crash happened in the fall of my senior year in high school. And while I, I didn't have any investments at the time, I, w- I was really fascinated by what had happened. Um, our high school, again, Summit High, where you and I both went, um, you know, had a stock market club. I didn't know much about it at the time. You know, I joined it. Uh, I actually remember pitching, you know, Coors Brewing Company because I, I think it was cool to pitch an alcoholic beverage company. Uh, I don't recall the valuation or really the investment thesis, but I, I kind of got hooked on the markets, you know, after that. That's awesome. So can you share a valuable lesson that you learned from kind of when you decided to get interested in that in high school and then to where you are now? Yeah, I'll, we, we've been going through our, what we call 360 review process, which is our year end process at, at Morgan Stanley. And, I really can't stress enough, Sal, how I think important it is to give, receive, and and really accept feedback. Um, I, I'll be honest with you. I went through sort of a challenging time at work after Smith Barney, which is the firm I started with, merged into Morgan Stanley, you know, following the financial crisis. Uh, I had lost my title. My job got moved up to Westchester from lower Manhattan. I had a new manager. You know, I get, I get it, like sort of boo-hoo-hoo, yeah, you yeah. know, <laughs> for first world problems for me. And anyway, I thought I was doing fine until I had my year-end review with my new manager. And, you know, he, he said to me, hey, Pat, everyone's on a list. Everyone's on a list for compensation, for promotion, and for termination. And I'll be honest, he kind of he kind of let that one hang out wow. there. Um and he said to me, you've gone from the A-team to a role player on the end of the bench. Now, that's, I don't think anything, you know, anyone wants to hear. He said he expects yeah. more from me. You know, I need to take more of a leadership role. And he ticked off like a number of different deficiencies that I had and, you know, challenged me to hit the reset button and, and reinvent myself. Um, I must admit, at, I think I was 42 at the time. You know, hitting the reset button and reinventing yourself at 42 is is not easy to do. Yeah. And I'll be honest with you, Sal, my initial reaction was I thought what he said was unfair. Uh, I didn't agree with any of his critiques. Between you and I, I, I thought I was getting fired, right? Yeah. But I took some time to process, which I think is important. Uh, I read my notes from our meeting like over the weekend and honestly recognize he made a couple good points. I think he could have been a little nicer in his delivery. Didn't need to tell me I was you know, on the end of the bench, yeah. but in all honesty, um, he actually told me exactly what I needed to hear. Yeah. Maybe if he sugarcoated it, I, I may not have responded. So listen, not everyone I think is willing uh, to accept feedback that they receive. I was in that moment. Uh, and luckily for me, Sal, I was able to make, you know, some necessary changes, all things that were, um, you know, within my power. And, you know, I guess to make it uh, easy for people to understand, I I was coachable, right? Yeah. But I was just going to talk about that, how it leads like into sports as well, because that's all about feedback as well. So if you take the feedback, all right, you're going to improve. If you don't, then it's like, all right, you're going to stay the same or you could get worse. 
And, and one thing I'll, 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 I mean, easier that, said than done, obviously, but a hundred percent. One of the things that I think it's, it's great in sports and it's a good analogy you brought up is the fact that, you know, there's a trust and there's a trust between the player and the coach, right? Yeah. You, you at, least, at least you assume there is, and you hope there is. And as a coach, you have to build up that trust so that I know, or as a manager now, when I'm delivering the feedback, and let's even say it's harsh or difficult, you know that I'm not just yelling at you as a coach to yell at you. I mean, some mm-hmm. coaches do that, right? But yeah. the good coaches, like your dad, right, are 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 going to are going to give feedback because they want you to do more. They expect you to do more. They need you to do more because you're a critical part of the overall team, and they see greater potential uh, in you. Yeah, hundred percent. And they're just not there to give you a hard time either. Yeah, yeah. I mean, some are. <laughs> yeah. But like you said, the good ones are really not. Correct. Yeah. So can you um, give a favorite quote, motto, mantra, like anything you use, like personally or kind of with the firm? Yeah, yeah. So listen, I already mentioned, you know, win the day, which mm-hmm. to me means, you know, to be present, to focus on the here and now. And, you know, anyone who's, you know, on my Instagram account knows I mentioned win the day a lot. Um, my team at work knows it. I sign off most of my emails with it. And, you know, I even, I used to help out Coach Fusco at, at Mountain Lakes. He was a high school buddy of mine. You know, big congrats to him on, and his staff and their mm-hmm. team on their, their Group 1 championship recently. But, you know, yeah, I helped him out for a number of years. I was, you know, the get-back coach, uh, <laughs> kept people on the sidelines. But I was also their their huddle coordinator. So I helped, you know, coordinate, like, analyzing, capturing film and, and, and data. Anyway, I, I tried to bring that win the day philosophy to, you know, to the Mountain Lakes herd. The, the other thing I like to talk about, which is probably my favorite quote of all time, is this quote called the Stonecutter's Credo. You, you can Google it. You can look it up. It's by this social reformer named Jacob Reese. And it goes like this. When nothing seems to help, I go look at a stonecutter hammering away at his rock perhaps a hundred times without as much as a crack showing in it yet at the 101st blow, it will split in two. And I know that it wasn't that blow, but the ones that had gone before it. And I, I use that quote and I actually came across that quote uh, in the time after that challenging year end oh, wow. review I, I, I just talked about. And I think it's a perfect quote for almost any situation in life, especially when you're having, you know, a little bit of a challenge. Um, and I think there's a number of lessons that I like to point to. The first lesson, and, and I'll call them the seven P's. I, I told you earlier, <laughs> I like to, it makes me remember easily. The first yeah. P is patient. The first P is patience, right? You can't get discouraged when your rock, whatever that rock is, your career, a relationship, a new job, you're playing on a sports team, you're trying to be a starter, whatever that is, the rock you know doesn't crack for you. So don't get discouraged. The second P is persistence, right? You have to hit the rock over and over and over again. It's not going to crack on its own. And you know, I'm wearing my, I went to Rutgers University. I'll, I'll give a shout out to Coach Shiano. And he talks a lot about chop. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the same. It's kind of the same thing. He's talking about chopping down trees. I'm talking about you know, splitting <laughs> rocks. The next P I'll call is your purpose, which is why are you hitting the rock? Let's be honest. Uh, things that are worthwhile, you know, you're willing to be patient or get up early in the morning and, and put in the extra effort. If you don't have a purpose, if it's it's not a passion of yours, you might not be. 
The next couple P's I, I call one the process. Um, how are you hitting the rock? Do you need a bigger hammer? Do you need to swing harder? Do you need to hit it from a different angle? All that being, you know, sort of analogous to your skill set. So going mm-hmm. back to my growth mindset comment, you know, earlier, do you need to improve on something? Um, the, the next P, and maybe this goes a little bit back to uh, patience as well, but I call this one perspective. And I say this, Sal, because I feel when I talk to folks, especially young people, um, everyone is so far focused on the finish line and how far they have to go somewhere that they lose sight of actually how far they've come. Mm-hmm. And if you turned around and looked at the starting line, you'd realize, wow, you've come a really long way. And what I would tell people is, you know, go look in the corner of your bedroom or your office or whatever. And I bet you if you look in that corner, you'll find a whole bunch of rocks that are split in two that you've cracked over the course of your life. And if if looking at those rocks and reflecting on that past success helps you in the current moment when maybe you're struggling a little bit, you know, hopefully that gives you the, um, you know, the added incentive to, to take it to the finish line. And then the last two P's, one is perseverance, right? Congrats, mm-hmm. you, you, you got through everything and you cracked the, the rock. That's the good news. The bad news is go find another rock. <laughs> um, but the last one, uh, which is probably as equally as important as any of them, is, is pivot, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe, maybe this isn't your rock, Sal. Maybe you need to think about doing something different. If you don't have a purpose or you're not willing to be persistent or patient or all those other P's, you know, maybe it's time to pivot and, and move into, um, you know, in, into a different direction. Yeah, no, that's great. I feel like that could be applied to anybody, any industry, anything. That's awesome. Though. Yeah. Thank yeah. you for that. Thanks. Yeah, 100%. We yeah. could just do a, a segment just on that in a podcast. Uh, I think so. Yeah, it'll be my TED talk on, on the Stonecutters Creed. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So bring us to our next question. Everybody loves this one. So does hard work beat talent or does talent beat hard work? So as you know, there is a, there is a saying, but I left the end off just to kind of leave it open-ended for people. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. And, um, you know, I thought a lot about this, uh, not to let people in on like the sausage making Sal did share some of these questions with me beforehand. So I, I had time to prepare. This is not all off the top of my head. Um, <laughs> I'm going to, I think this is a little bit of a cop out on my part to your point. I think most people say, you know, talent beats, uh, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work. But, you know, I really think both of them, you know, kind of complement each other. And I'll go back to something I said at the very beginning about sort of consistent effort, you know, really being the key to, to long term success. You know, I think talent provides people with a bit of a head start. Let's be honest, it, it helps uh-huh. if you have talent yeah um you know it's like michelangelo's you know he starts with a good block of marble he he doesn't make the marble himself but really that sort of sustained you know uh hard work i think is really what ultimately um you know propels people to success yeah definitely but like you said you got to have a little bit of a combo of both yeah yes i mean i mean listen i yeah i i could uh you know, run as much as I want. I just, I'm just not going to be faster than Usain Bolt, right? Yeah. It's just, it's just, it's just not going to happen. Yeah. So um, what do you think the best way to overcome an obstacle setback is, whether that's like personally or kind of what you use with the um, people in the firm that work underneath you? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a good question. I mean, listen, I, I think the most critical trait that anyone needs to have is just resilience. And listen, I talked about it a little bit in all the mm-hmm. Stonecutter Credo comments, 
I talked about it a little bit in in the the difficult year end review. You know, I'll bet most people are familiar with that, you know, Mike Tyson quote, which is, you know, everyone's got a plan until they get, you know, punched in, yeah. in the mouth. You know, we can all relate to it because people's life, people's career, you know, all of it is uh, is unpredictable. And I think that quote reminds us to be prepared for the unexpected, at least the best, you know, that mm-hmm. that we can and, you know, sort of stay resilient, you know, in the face of any of that um in, in the in that observe um, adversity, you know, I think it's important to acknowledge the reality or the setback that you're in. Again, think back to my you know year end review you know comments. Learn from it, be flexible, and then adjust your plan you know accordingly. I mean, you played football at a high level playing in college, Sal. Both you know your father and and your brother are are high school football coaches. You know. Sometimes you're losing the game yeah. you know, at halftime and you go into the locker room, you regroup, you make some adjustments that you think are going to work in the second half and you go out there and, and you try and execute it. So not to be too cliche on it, but, you know, I'm a yeah, cliche no, it, kind of guy. No, it's true, though. You're right. So what's more important, passion or motivation? Uh, Another good one. I mean, I, I think they're intertwined and important in in their own ways and serve different roles. I mean, you know, to me, I think the passion is the the love, the emotion you have for something, the enthusiasm you have. It's sort of burning within, and mm-hmm. and and like the motivations that sort of external spark, or it could be internal, uh, yep. that prompts you to like you know take action. Again, I think both are really critical, but I'd say, you know, um, passion kind of sets the direction and and motivation propels one, you know, along the journey. I mean, I think if you pressed me, I'd say passion is longer learning and maybe that's the more important one. But I do love, you know, motivational quotes and, and videos, mm-hmm. you know, who, who, who's better than David Goggins, yep. right? And it gets me fired up. But again, I'll go back to, you know, to, you know, playing football, right. Think about, you know, the pregame speech and the coach fires everybody up and you go sort of running out the tunnel and you line up for the kickoff and everyone's fired up and maybe you make that first tackle. It's tough to sustain that level of motivation for the whole game. Mm -hmm. You need to have like your purpose. We'll call, we'll, we'll call that your passion. You need to have your purpose of like what you're trying to achieve in order to, you know, play those 60 minutes of the game to be successful, at least I think. Yeah, 100%. And like you said, there's a, it's definitely like a combo, but that's why they're good questions because there's no, there's no one answer and like everybody has a different answer. It's literally this or that and everybody, not one person has had the same thing, which is definitely neat. Which isn't that the beauty of life, right? So many people think, you know, what is the answer to things? And it's whatever works for you. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and, and whatever drives, like if someone else out there thinks motivation is more important, God bless them. And yep. th- th- then they should stay motivated. Right. Yeah. hundred percent. So how do you continue to stay updated and, and learn whether that's like with books, trainings, podcasts, events, kind of networking things, what are you guys kind of doing? Or are you personally? Yeah. Well, listen, I mentioned earlier about the, sort of the growth mindset. I think mm-hmm. it's important to be, you know, committed to learning. Um, I'll tell you what I do before what I would before what I do. Um, I challenge like my summer interns every year to something called hashtag TIL or today I learned. 
uh, which I okay. ask them to write down everything that they've learned that day. And then, you know, we get together and discuss it at the end of the week. And I think it's important because it allows me to engage with them weekly and, you know, sort of measure or evaluate their progress. You know, for them, I think it allows them an opportunity to, uh, you know, sort of chart their growth, you know, every every week, the things they learned. And then lastly, like if they run into those challenges, right? I mean, I made the comment about look in the corner of your room at all the rocks. The mm-hmm. same thing happens here, right? They can look at all the things that they've learned over the course of the summer and, you know, how much they've grown, how much they've developed, how far they've come from the starting line. And, you know, hopefully that gives them added confidence to tackle the next challenge. You know, for, for me personally, I, you know, the, the role I'm in is, is what we call like a markets facing role. So it's, you know, super important to stay informed and up to date on current economic and, and business do, news. You know, I, I try and do that by reading, you know, various market publications like, you know, Bloomberg to really stay on top of the news and, and what's happening. You know, I also I'm a huge podcast fan, which is why I was really excited when you asked me to be on. So thank you for that. Uh, I listen to a number of podcasts, um, you know, uh, the daily from the New York times. I like Bloomberg's business week is one I, I listen to frequently Morgan Stanley. We have our own internal or it's external. You can get it on any podcast network. It's called on the markets, you know, and of course the, you know, 908 ENT podcast (laughs) is, is, is a favorite of mine as well now. That's awesome. So just a quick question. Um, any tips or kind of insight you would give to somebody that's maybe looking to get into the um, financial field, whether they're just starting out or they're maybe trying to make a switch that's listening to this? Yeah. Uh, like listen, maybe like a first I, step or just like something small they can maybe do. Sure. I, I, th- I think it's important to have a, a passion for the markets or to be up to date on the markets because anyone you're competing with in this market is, you know, has already done that. So mm-hmm. you know, there's a great um, email newsletter called the morning brew uh, was founded yeah. by these guys from the University of Michigan, mm-hmm. you know, talks about world events, market moving events. I mean, just to kind of stay up on, you know, on things. But again, I would subscribe to various like free newsletters from, you know, Bloomberg or the New York Times or the Wall Street Journal, where um, you can stay current on what's happening. You, you should sort of understand like, Where's the market trading, you know, the S&P 500 or the 10-year treasury? Like those type of things are important uh, because if you come in on an interview, your job may not be exactly um, related to what the market's going to do today or tomorrow. But, you know, having that interest in in the markets, I think, is is an important um, skill set. That's awesome. Thank you for that. So as, as we come to a close here, what would be one final piece of advice you would give our listeners to help them take another step towards success? Yeah, well, listen, I already talked about, you know, continuous learning. And I think uh, success is really a journey, uh, not a de- destination. So I would encourage people mm-hmm. to stay curious and open to new ideas. I challenge people to step out of their comfort zone. I think growth can happen, you know, really when you push yourself outside your boundaries. Um, I, I think success is also not a solitary pursuit. So mm-hmm. collaborate with other people, share your insights build meaningful connections, surround yourself with, you know, a network of, of mentors or colleagues or people who inspire or challenge you. And then lastly, uh, as I had talked earlier, you know, it's, it's not without its challenges. So, you know, bring the ability to navigate through the journey. So, um, you know, keep learning, stay connected and, and persevere 
would would be my um, sort of final words of um, of advice. Yeah, that's awesome. And like I said, I feel like anybody can use that advice. And then anything that you kind of said throughout this whole podcast, I feel like can apply to anything personal, um, any business, sports. So it's definitely been great. Thank you. So you're welcome. Well, thanks for having me. This is uh, this was fun for me. You got it. So anybody feel free to reach out if you have any questions or like to connect. And then Pat, what's the best way if somebody wants to uh, connect with you? Uh, probably LinkedIn. I mean, if you okay. want to keep it professional over LinkedIn, yeah, but, definitely. you know, I, I, you know, I, I have a Facebook page, Patrick Natal, N-A-T-A-L-E is, is, is my name, all one word for Facebook or LinkedIn. Uh, but probably like professionally wise, LinkedIn would be the, um, would be the best source. Yeah. And then I'll put your yeah. um, profile link in the show notes so everybody can right. get it. Sounds good. All right. All right. Awesome. Thank you, Pat. All right. Well, listen, Sal, thanks for having me. Uh, happy holidays to you and the fam and uh, all the best to you. Same to you.